great. Today, just so happens that we are talking from the Bible, and uh, we're talking about the Bible. We're continuing our series of Better Together, and uh, we've been talking about seven vital ways to connect, and that is to connect with uh, God as well as connecting with other people. And uh, here at Door of Hope, we talk a lot about daily hope or 20 minutes in the chair, and uh, and if you don't know what that is, simply put, we, we, we encourage everyone who follows Jesus to put aside some time every day to spend with him. That's pretty simple. And uh, we encourage it 20 minutes, and you can find a routine that works for you, and you can do it how you like, but in a way that connects you with him on a regular, daily basis. And that's what we're talking about here this morning. I'm going to give you the big idea straight up. So this, this is what I want you to remember after this morning. You ready? The more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. The more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. I reckon you can all relate to the story I'm about to tell. Back, back in primary school, I had a, a best mate. We were so close. We, uh, we just hung out all the time. We had common interests. We, we loved cricket. We were obsessed with cricket. We still are. Uh, but uh, we played cricket. We talked about cricket. We watched cricket. We did everything. We, um, we uh, were a pretty good doubles partner in tennis as well. And... Uh, because we loved cricket and because his name was Richard and my name was Ben, we called ourselves Richie Benno, which we thought was pretty clever for grade five, grade six. Uh, but, but we just hung out heaps. We knew everything about it. We were really close. The end of grade six, as happens, I go to one high school and he goes to another high school. And we've probably seen each other once or twice since, in the 18 or 19 years since. And it wasn't because we had a major conflict. It wasn't because one person offended the other. It wasn't anything like that. It was just we didn't cross paths anymore. We didn't spend any time together anymore. We didn't deliberately go out of our way to connect anymore. And gradually, we grew so far apart that I wouldn't have a clue where he lives. I wouldn't know what he does for a living. I don't know if he has a family He's not on Facebook, so those, that doesn't fill in the gaps. And we may never see each other ever again. As Christians, we believe that we are made in God's image. And so it shouldn't really come to any surprise to us that the things that make a healthy relationship between two people are the same kinds of things that make a healthy relationship between us and God. For instance, I've been married for a bit over 10 years now to Chantel, uh, but what if, just say, I didn't talk to her for a few days? How would our relationship be? What if, uh, what's another one? What if I only told her how much I loved her in a slot of an hour and a half on Sunday mornings? and then not for the rest of the week. 
how would our marriage be? Or what if, are you getting the picture? What if I never once took the step of symbolising publicly my commitment to her? Never once. I never once publicly told everyone my commitment to her. Or what about this? What if I just decided that work was just too much, I was just too tired, and I'm going to stop doing things for her. I'm not going to stop helping out with the chores. I'm going to stop helping out with the kids. I'm just going to sit on the couch. I'm going to expect her to feed me because I need food. And I'm going to expect her to clean my clothes and, and do everything for me, but I'm not actually willing to help her or contribute at all because I'm just too tired. I don't have enough time. I'm too busy at work. How do you think our relationship would be? It'd be pretty rocky, I think. It would be pretty kind of broken and twisted and disconnected and dissatisfying. Because the more time we spend with each other, the more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him is going to be. Or what about this? I've got two pieces of wood here. In order for these two pieces of wood to stick together, what do I do? Put some glue on. Yeah. Well, what else do I need to do? I need to put them together. Otherwise, the glue won't stick. And if I want the glue to stick kind of permanently, and, and when the elements come, the water and the dust and the, the sunlight and whatever else comes, and I don't want the glue to kind of deteriorate and and come apart, I, I might put some nails in or some screws and really join that sucker together so it doesn't come apart. And that requires pressure from both sides, doesn't it? Pressure from both sides, pushing them together in order for them not to come apart again. If this is our relationship with God, and God is this side... And as Carmel said earlier, he has done enough. He has applied enough pressure on his part of the arrangement, of his part of the relationship. He sent his one and only son to die for us and rise again so that this relationship is even possible. And not only that, but he continues to bless us. He continues to protect and provide and, and be with us and be accessible to us. So he's done enough so therefore, what is required for the other piece of wood to stick is pressure from this side, pressure from our side, for it to really stick. Put it this way, if you don't feel close to God, it's not His fault. Jesus understood this. There's countless times in the New Testament in the stories of Jesus where, where he goes and he spends time with the Father, where he prays. We, we know that he studied the Scriptures. He was in the synagogue all the time, reading the Scriptures and teaching the Scriptures. This was a part of his 
life. And so we've been asking this question in this series, that if it was important to him, then why isn't it important to us? And you might say, oh, well, it is important to me, it is. But do your actions and your lifestyle reflect that? I believe God gives us three things that help us in this relationship, help our glue to stick, and, and He provides these for us, and all we need to do is access them. Firstly, He provides the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit, we believe, as we accept Jesus to, to be Lord of our lives, the Holy Spirit comes in and lives inside of us, and, and He's kind of that access all of a sudden that we have to God. Second thing is prayer. He gives us prayer. Well, not so much prayer, but He gives us the permission to converse with Him. What an amazing thing that is. Permission by Almighty God to to converse with Him personally. And the third thing He gives us is His Word, the, the Bible, God's inspired Word that we just saw about on the clip. So as we're talking about uh, prayer in just a few weeks, uh, and as today is the 200th birthday of Bible Society in Australia, we're going to zero in on this topic of the Bible and, and how important it is to spend time in His Word daily. The Bible actually describes itself in many different ways, but I'm going to share three of them today. So... Here we go. The first one, I've probably put these too far away. First way the Bible describes itself is this. I'm going to stop moving so that the camera can see. What's that? It's honey. Yeah. Food. The Bible is the food that sustains. Psalm 119, verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Jeremiah 15, verse 16, says, When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. What is food? What does food do? What's its purpose? It it gives us strength. It sustains us. It gives us what we need in order to live. Without food... We die a slow and painful death. We need food to be active. We need food to grow. Pastor and author Rick Warren says that just like you need physical food for physical strength, you need spiritual food for spiritual strength. Just like you need physical food, we need spiritual food as well. The Bible is a large chunk of that food that we can have that sustains us, that, that gives us strength that we need to live spiritually. It's the, the spiritual food that we need to live properly spiritually. And just like we eat every day with our food, we should be eating our spiritual food every day. If we want to grow spiritually, and who doesn't want to grow spiritually, then we need to keep eating. 
You need to keep eating. Perhaps today you're hungry and you need to pick up some food. You know, the best part about this is that this food never runs out. Never runs out. It never has a use-by date and it's pretty much free. In Mark 13, 31, Jesus says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. It's always there. So if we're hungry, all we have to do is eat. Second thing the Bible is for us. It's a light. It's a light that clarifies. Psalm 119, verse 101 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. Later on in that same psalm, it says, The unfolding of your words gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. We've all experienced situation where the lights have gone out. What's your first natural instinct? Apart from protecting yourself. It's to find a light. Why? Why is that? Why is that first instinct to find a light? Well, with darkness comes uncertainty. I'm sorry for everyone watching online. It's probably a bit boring right now. You'll just have to listen. With darkness comes uncertainty, and with darkness comes risk, and with darkness comes an element of danger that will hurt ourselves, and, and it's just not a great place to be living in. When we turn on the lights, though, suddenly you can see where your next step should be. You can, you can see further ahead into the distance, you can see obstacles that are in the way, and, and then at least it gives you the option of avoiding the obstacle and avoiding getting hurt, perhaps. With light comes clarity. With light comes far less risk of doing something stupid or hurting ourselves. Jesus uh, said in John 8, 12, that I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I, found it, I find it absolutely astounding that followers of Jesus could find themselves wandering around in the dark, scratching their head, thinking, what do I do next? Where should my next step be? I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if I'm going the right direction or not. I don't know if I'm about to hurt myself or not. I've got no idea. And the light switch is right there. <laughs> they might even have the light in their hand, but just have it switched off. And don't think that would be a good idea to turn it on and to see where you're going. 
Perhaps today you need to blow off some dust off your light and turn it on for the first time in a while. Third thing the Bible is, and this is my favourite because I've been excited to show you this. The Bible is a sword that protects. It's a sword that protects. You know, Ephesians 6 talks about the armour of God. In verse 17 it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's cool. It's very sharp. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says that the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Why do we even need a sword? It's kind of a funny thing to say. We need a sword to protect us from, firstly, ourselves, believe it or not. We need a sword to protect us from ourselves. Psalm Uh, 119 verse 11 says that I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What does that mean? Does that mean if I read the Bible every day that suddenly I won't sin anymore? Well, no, not really, because we're sinful people. It might mean you sin less, because when you think about it, what is sin? Sin is turning away from God and deciding to do things our own way So if we're spending more time with Him, then hopefully we're spending more time going His way and not our own, so hopefully we're sinning less. But because we're not, on this earth at least, not going to stop sinning altogether, when we do sin and when we do muck up and when we do make a mistake, we have a sword. And this sword reminds us that our mistakes and our sin don't define us. That we are defined, we in fact are redefined by Jesus. Through Jesus, we are redefined as loved and worthy of His attention and, and forgiven. Second thing that we need a sword for is to protect us from others. Again in Psalm 119, it says, Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. This one's all about proximity. If we're spending more and more time with other people and at the same time spending less and less less time with God, who are we going to be more influenced by? The other people. We're going to be more influenced by what they have to say about us, what they have to say to us, what they think about us, than we are about what God has to say to us and what God has to say to us and about us. And when the comments come that are damaging, that hurt, when when the insults come and the gossip happens and everything else, we can rely on the fact if we have this sword and if we're spending regular time 
taking it out and sharpening it. We can rely on the fact that we are who God says we are. And it's about what God thinks about us and what God says about us that really matters. Third thing and final thing we need protection is that it protects us against Satan. And if you're just kind of exploring today, this might kind of sound a bit funny. But as Christians, we believe that we are in a spiritual battle, a battle against good and evil. And we have a spiritual enemy. And the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill and destroy and that his only purpose is to pull us away from having a relationship with God, is to, is to pull those planks apart and to rip that glue out. That's his purpose. But we have a sword. We do have a weapon. The best example of the use of this weapon, I reckon, is in Matthew 4 where Jesus is brought out into the wilderness for 40 days and he is tempted three times. And what does he use to fight back? What does he use to fight back? He quotes Scripture. He quotes Scripture as his weapon. Why would he do that? It's because the best way to fight lies is with truth. The best way to fight lies is with truth. The Word of God is truth. And if we're spending regular time pulling out our sword every single day, then we have this weapon available to us to fight whatever comes our way. We can distinguish between truth and lies. We know the difference and we can fight whatever comes our way. Perhaps today though, you've put your sword back in its sheath. Maybe it hasn't come out for a while. Or maybe even you've actually just put it down altogether and you're unarmed. Pretty vulnerable when you don't have a weapon that you can use, aren't you? The Bible is the, the food that sustains us and keeps us alive spiritually. It, it allows us to keep on growing and be strong. The Bible is the light that clarifies where our next step should be and, or what the future might look like or, or where, what, where are things to look out for that might hurt us. or It just brings clarity. The Bible is the sword that can protect us from what comes our way. So why wouldn't we want to access this? Why wouldn't we prioritize spending time in our lives regularly to sharpen our sword, to pull out our light, to eat more food. 
Well, I've told you why. So now I'm going to give you a few hints as to how. And uh, firstly, I want to say, if you're already doing this and you're doing 20 minutes in the chair and you're on board with this and this is part of your lifestyle, then I congratulate you. You're doing such a great job. It's awesome to have you along that journey with us. But I want to challenge you, if that's part of your routine now, bump it up to 30. Because remember, the more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. Who doesn't want a more satisfying relationship? So put more time in. 20 minutes is really just a goal to start with. And in fact, if this is part of your routine every year, then I challenge you every 12 months to bump it by 10 10 minutes. Do 10 more minutes, 30 minutes in the chair, 40 minutes in the chair, and see how much further that takes you. If this isn't a part of your life yet, and maybe you're interested in that, um, then we've got some really good tools. Uh, And I'm just going to briefly run through them really quickly. First of all, choose a chair. Choose a chair. Just choose a chair. (laughs) We have this thing, the 20 minutes in the chair, and then you can choose a place or a routine or a time or something that suits you best, that you have the most energy and the the most brain power to give to it, and, and just spend time with God. Just choose a chair. If you don't already have one, just choose one. Secondly, we've got these bookmarks, Daily Hope bookmarks, and they're on the seats today, so you've got no excuse not to take one home. These uh, walk us through special readings that that we kind of plan ahead to, to go with our journey as a church. There's prayer points there as well, which are relevant to our vision and mission as a church, and and we are better together when we do this together, and we invite you to join us on that journey. There's also uh, Daily Hope journals available, and normally uh, they're $10 each, but today I'm giving them away. Um, I feel a bit like Oprah. You all get a journal! <laughs> so if you want one, uh, and you can promise me that you will actually give this a go, a good, solid go, and it won't stay empty on your bookshelf then you can feel free to have one. You can go out to the bookshop after the service and you can pick one up for free today only. Ben's special deal. And, uh, but that's just a way that we can reflect on what God's talking to us about. We can, we can get it off our chest, but also we can uh, look back on where God's taken us over, over time. And it's amazing what God teaches us through that. So you're welcome to do that if that's something that might work for you. We've got version plans. version is the Bible app. You can follow along specific plans to do with topics or if you're a mum or if you're a leader or whatever it might be. They're great as well, so follow them along. And lastly, just start. Start today. Don't wait any longer. If you're walking around in darkness or if you're starving hungry and the food or the light switch is right there, why wouldn't you just go and get it? Ah! <laughs> Doesn't that sound kind of crazy that it's, it would be sitting there and we wouldn't just we wouldn't just eat it or turn it on? Just start and set yourself personal goals. Maybe seven days in a row. I'm going to do seven days in a row, 20 minutes in the chair, and when I do that, I'm going to go to Macca's or I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate somehow. Or 14 days or 30 days in a row, and once I do that. I'm going to celebrate and have a bit of a party because that's how we build routines in our lives. This is a healthy one. Get started today.
remember this one thing. The more time we spend with God, the more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. Do we want a more satisfying relationship with God? I'm sure we probably, nearly all of us do. If you're an explorer here this morning, and you're kind of wondering what this whole thing is about, I just want to encourage you. We kind of don't really expect you to be doing this. It's, it's not a requirement to come to Door of Hope <laughs> that you do this, and therefore you have to do this. Or, but can I encourage you, if you are exploring and, and you're willing to give this a go, if you're willing to choose a chair and spend 20 minutes just kind of exploring what this might mean for you. We've got books that can help that. We've got DVDs. Um, we've got courses, Alpha. We've got, you could listen to this message over and over again if you wanted. You could read the Bible. But can I encourage you, if, you're, if you do this for a good, give it a good go, like two or three weeks, I can guarantee that it will make a difference in your life. I believe that God can speak to us even when we're just kind of exploring the idea of Him. And maybe we don't even fully believe in Him yet. Maybe we have heaps of questions. But I reckon if we are willing to step out and give time to exploring that, then He is more than willing to meet halfway and come and maybe flicker on a light for you. Let that be an encouragement. The more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. We're going to sing.